Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. Thanks for joining us in this edition, episode number 10 of the BRM Brown Bag. I have today Michael Flannery, who has over 30 years of healthcare experience. He has managed teams and service lines in a large and complex matrix environment. Michael has a diverse knowledge of hospital and clinical business units and a deep understanding of complex business and IT operations, including strategic planning, governance, and data management. He has his MBA and is experienced in Lean Six Sigma process improvement, project management professional based on the PMI and ITIL-based service management processes. Welcome, Michael. I hope you're doing great and you're part of the beautiful world of Tampa, Florida. Sharish, thank you so much for having me on involved. It, it is a fantastic time here in Tampa. You know, uh, for those who know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl last year. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. We had our baseball team, the Tampa Bay Rays, in the uh, World Series. And our Major League Professional Soccer is our regional uh, championships as well. So if you're into sports, this is a great place and area to be. Plus, the weather is beautiful right now. Excellent. So it's, it's great here in Tampa. So today's theme, uh, Michael, is going to be BRMs in clinical and healthcare world. Um, so um, how long have you been and what was the starting point for you to get into the journey of uh, BRM? Just give us a, a big overview, uh, 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 an overview of how it landed up in terms of being a BRM. I know that you did, there was no word called BRM earlier. How did it change? Yeah, no, there definitely wasn't. Um, I actually started in, in healthcare in the clinical world for about 10 years, taking care of patients and an opportunity presented itself in the IT department, which I took advantage of. And working with uh, the manager at the time, he was like, I really want you to be that liaison between the IT department and our customers, because you get the clinical world, you've been there um, and, and you've been doing what they've done. So I started doing that relationship building between the departments. So if the nursing staff had problems with the computer system or wanted to put in a new workflow or something, they could speak clinical, but they couldn't speak IT. IT couldn't speak clinical, et cetera, back and forth. So I was that middleman and then worked out the processes with them. So it started there as an analyst and a senior analyst, moved into a business analyst, and then the organization uh, Baycare created a what they called customer relationship manager. So we called it a CRM at the time. And again, like you said, this was long before the BRM Institute was established in uh, 2013. So loved that job, had fun doing it, just being that person. And then things happen, things change and, and whatnot, uh, took on different roles. And eventually uh, the BRM position at that time came up at Moffitt Cancer Center which is where I'm working now. And I just remembered when I was a CRM, that was the job. I woke up every day, wanted to go to work, knew I was making an impact using um, all of my skills for innovation thinking, people management, relationship building, um, strategic planning, all of that. And I said, that's where I want to be. And so ended up very fortunate to land here in Moffitt and uh, just been great um, working and in, in working with the team here. Excellent. So how do you see working as a BRM in a hospital or a clinical setting different from a BRM who works in business finance or a typical corporate environment? Is that going to be a structurally a change 
of gears? Or? Absolutely. It is a change. I mean, when people think of hospitals and they think of healthcare, um, you know, they think it's, that's, that's where sick people go is to a hospital. But really, when you start looking at a hospital and peeling back the layers, there's a true business behind a hospital to keep that, those doors open, right? So behind a hospital setting, you have the full finance, you have a finance department, you have HR because you got to bring in the staff to run the hospital. You have a facilities department who will keep the buildings and everything going. You have administration. So you've got training, you've got legal, you've got the EPMO. So behind that whole hospital, there's opportunities for BRMs who aren't clinical in nature, but you can bring that clinical knowledge or you're clinical and like I was, and you have opportunities to come in and be that liaison person. Um, you know, in the clinical world, you have the electronic medical record, you have imaging and radiology department. So you have all of that software behind there running it. You have cardiovascular department and surgery. So you have all of those areas that are taking care of people. And you even have others that are ancillary departments like food and nutrition, environmental services, um, transportation, registration, billing, coding. I mean, and I'm saying a lot, but a hospital and clinical environment isn't just that. Then you can bring on taking care of physicians and partnering with them, whether it's in their um, offices or there in the hospital, what you're doing. And one of the things at Moffitt is we have a really large research department. So we're number eight in the nation for cancer research and cancer prevention. You know, our mission is contributing to the prevention of cancer. And the vision for, for the company is exactly where BRMs fit in is transforming that cancer care to through service science and in partnerships. So that's where that BRM piece coming in, where I'm fortunate enough, there's a plethora in healthcare for any kind of a BRM person. That's great, uh, Michael, because you talk about a purpose and it is really resonating. And you said that you jump out of your bed every day because you're inspired by the purpose of what the cancer hospital is doing on a mission. And you're all playing a part of doing that. Excellent. Uh, Absolutely. Part of it. So the second one is uh, to the people who just change organizations or changing their roles within the same organization to that of a BRM, what tips would you give? Um, is that something that they have to have a, a long learning curve for them to keep themselves acute to be fitting into the new role or group group? Or what would be your thoughts to offer them some tips to make them confident to fit into the it, new roles? Exactly. I mean, those, those people who really, you know, especially in clinical, clinical world, I can tell you with the pandemic, you have nursing staff who's been there and they're kind of a little burnt out and they're looking for something different, but they don't want to get out of a healthcare environment because that's their knowledge. There's great opportunities for them to transition into, into a BRM role and just understanding it, whether they're moving from actual bedside into a clinical informatics position or, or even into that BRM processing role, there's great opportunities there because they're using at an existing location, an existing job, they're using their um, contacts already established, they know the processes, and they're easy, easier for them to transition right into that role 
as long as they can, um, I hate to say it, but you still got to be able to talk a little bit IT. You don't have to fix your own laptop. We've got teams to do that for you, but you have to still be able to have an understanding with the IT department, but you do learn that over time and experience working in the group. That's if, if you're already within the organization. If you're moving into a new organization, so let's say you've already established yourself as a BRM and you move into a new organization, and, and that was similar in my situation where I left a company where I was for 30 plus years and I came over here and I didn't know the people. I knew a couple of people, you know, it's a small area, healthcare is a small niche group, but it's getting in with that. And one of the first things I did was give me the org chart. Who am I, who are my customers? Who am I going to partner with out there in the group? So I really looked at the org chart. I had uh, meet and greets lined up for uh, Zoom calls just like this, where I'm talking with some people there in the group. And what am I going to do? Who are they in introductions? Um, I shadowed other teams. That's probably one of the bigger things too, is just shadowing the clinical informatics team, shadowing the other groups that are out there on the floors. And I even had email templates created. So as I'm emailing for the meets and greets, I'm explaining, hey, I'm newly hired BRM. This is my role and responsibility with strategic planning, helping you uh, navigate the processes that we have in place for intake with project requests, had those emails all ready to go, sent them to key people, set my uh, meetings up, or if I was out in the field, um, walking the floors with the clinical informatics as I met a person or two, and I would uh, answer their questions or, or they had, hey, I got this issue, et cetera. I'd shoot them back a message saying, again, this is who I am, this is what I do, and these are the next steps based on our conversation, what I'm going to follow up and take care of. So building that trust relationship when I first came in was key in, in that new, new versus old um, environment of where I was there for 30 years where I'm coming in brand new. Right. So that brings an interesting point, Michael, because sometimes we find it to be um, in, a, in a new world, so you're a little skeptical or hesitant. So how do you kind of overcome that inhibitions? Um, I mean, sometimes if you are kind of an introvert or, or people like that, you're kind of being more reticent to see and watch. What would you advise them to uh, come out of their um, shell and try to go to, because it's a new area, new uh, people, so you get a little bit scared in terms of uh, how will this go? Will this gig work in the way we did it in the last 30 years? How do you overcome that inhibitions when you are coming into a new organization like this? And that's, that's a great question as well, because you're bringing processes and knowledge that you knew in the past. And, and it's asking, how, how do you do it here? That's the biggest thing is always in, in understanding everything is understanding what is your current state? What are you doing here? Because it allows you for those opportunities to say, hey, I know how we could do it better, or I see gaps in, in what you're providing um, as a service to the customer. So you're constantly looking for that. And coming out of the shells, um, really, it, I would just say, in the beginning, sit back and be a sponge, soak it up. But you know that person who's always quiet in the meeting, but when they say something, everyone looks and goes, wow, that was really a good point. 
you know, keeping that in mind. And eventually you're going to be the person they always turn to and, and do that double check and say, does that look right? Is that what you're thinking? And um, you'll come out of your shell eventually because as a BRM, you really have to engage with people all the time. So um, yeah, you'll, you'll force yourself out of the shell quickly. Excellent. I love the answer. So to healthcare organizations, which are new to BRM, um, they kind of understand what, what, what is, what is BRM? So how do you introduce the BRM concept and show the value or the BRM brings to the organization? I mean, it might be sounding like a black box. I mean, we have not heard about this term. We have been running this shop for a long period of time. And suddenly Michael comes there and prophesies something called BRM. How did you, how do you approach that to uh, showcase value that BRM can bring to an organization? Assuming that they have no idea about what BRM is doing. And, and that's, that too is a great question because a lot of organizations, especially in healthcare, are coming into BRMs. You know, it's, it's definitely picking up. Um, like I said, I did, I was doing the job before the BRM and then you go, wow, I was doing this. And then you, you come to find out. And that's how I did with Moffitt. There really is um, the BRM Institute out there. And that's, that's actually something that's been very helpful here is with the BRM Institute, they already have your um, templates to help you get organized, help you establish those strategic partnerships and everything. And they even have something called the BRM Executive Brief. So it's a, it's a presentation that you can provide your senior leaderships of BRMs and explains without you having to do it. It's already set up for you of this is the value that a BRM brings. And then the, um, the leadership understands, oh, there's real value in what the BRMs are bringing. Let me look a little bit more into this. So that, that's one of the great ways to do it. And then establishing that rapport. You know, again, I said the meets and greets. That's where building that rapport with the customers, building that trust and value um, helps in establishing that. Your leadership. So my leadership, uh, CIO Beth and Senior Director Jen have been very instrumental in bringing in a BRMO, uh, Business Relationship Management Office, into Moffitt and starting to build that up, spreading the word out and getting it going. So you have that top leadership down saying, this is how we're organizing our group. And you have myself and, and the team coming up from the bottom and actually showing and delivering the work, which is really the way to integrate the BRM slowly into the organization. Well, I love that because you said about executive brief, I cannot agree more, uh, Michael. Like we have had instances where we have gone to clients who have just asked, you know, we need to talk to CXOs uh, to tell them uh, the value of BRM. And every time we have done an executive brief, they just, um, they are struck on this moment and say that, wow, this is so powerful. I mean, uh, one of the clients that we were working on is saying that, we will talk about get, elevating IT to get a seat at the table. So we, we kind of rephrased or paraphrased the whole thing to look at how can IT build a strategic partnership with the business? So it was not about selling BRM, but more towards the notion that we are in together in terms of convergence between business and IT and the rest of the functions together. And the, and the latest um, episode from the BRM Institute is talking about a relationship-centered organization. So I definitely recommend people to uh, sign up for it and get some of those people to come there and present. So, and the other one that you interestingly talked about is the BRMO. I heard about PMO, uh, but 
just explain as what does the business relationship management office look like what's the structure and why did you have this in place um and and this is something very interesting that i wanted to look at other organizations also embracing about business relationship management office so can you give us a little more insights on the brmo absolutely i mean the the brm process is is something that we're really working and bringing into moffit and, and building it up strongly i mean we have our, our leadership even as i mentioned jen our senior director she went out and and is certified now as a brm like my me she was doing this job before it was certified and she's joining and committing to the cause as well and then we have an intake planning office so you you still have the project management team or the uh, um enterprise pmo so you still have those but here within the brm um the brmo what we're doing is we're really trying to get ahead of the game before everything comes in so our our lead brm uh, chris is setting up so we can have a strong idea plan so when people are even thinking about the idea out in the field they can put something in and saying hey i need this widget and then the brm can go and interact with them and we can start building something an idea and a concept ahead of time and say you know what we already have something that you're looking for or maybe we need to go out and work with a couple of vendors and bring them in and show demos of various products that you need so that's where the brm is going to come in and strategically lay out a plan and a roadmap for him either the next 6 months to 3 to 5 years and then where our director um for intake and planning you want us she's setting up how is the that request going to come in and who within it is going to manage the the intake and do we have a concept and do we have a a business case for it so a lot of that is getting together with the customer planning this out ahead of time rather than um someone going out buying some widget piece of software and then later as you're trying to implement it quickly you're like you didn't think about the server you didn't think about the security you didn't think about this and IT is in the background trying to run to catch up with that so that's where the bmo is going to really come into play ahead of strategic planning and laying it out so now you you can look at all of those departments and talk with them and get their IT needs way ahead of time even plan for purchasing of laptops desktops whatever they're needing to build and construct uh, a nursing floor or, or whatever so bringing that in as well excellent so it's kind of more being proactive taking the step ahead and trying to understand kind of doing demand shaping isn't it where you try to foresee what else could be needed for the business to thrive um and 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 we say that they are all in together as one team for us to get that full value isn't it of what is being realized uh, absolutely absolutely the the next question uh, probably is how would you educate the it department areas and the clinical customers about business relationship management what the brm does and how will brm act on each other's behalf because i get to a notion that sometimes people are a uh, little uh, skeptical about whether they will some people will overrun their own positions they are they are their security they are not very sure about uh, whether their jobs will be still intact or they are going to be redundant so how do you explain this notion between these two different parties now having seen both side of the spectrum 
to get them a feeler that we are all in together and how we are going to understand each other better and uh, collaborate to deliver meaningful results that that's that's a question that's really good especially when you're starting in either new into the organization or starting up a new uh, uh, BRMO or something in that area because you have in in all speaking in the clinical world you have teams that are already clinical in nature and they have strong relationships with their customers you have the clinical informatics team who has built relationships with the nursing staff and the physicians how they're going to manage the EMR you have the imaging teams of how they're going to manage the radiology so these teams sometimes feel threatened when a BRM comes in and they think wait a moment i've established this communication piece how are you going to help and and you're going to come in and um maybe mess up parts of my communication so you're like no that's not what i'm here to do and and this is where the shadowing really comes into play or at least in my experience it's helped me because as i'm shadowing with a clinical informatics person i'm on the floor and the clinical informatics person is really focused on the EMR the electronic medical record or EHR electronic health record but the customer is complaining that their laptop isn't working or their pc is slow or the wifi is dropping or why haven't i gotten something in when i put in a request that's not the clinical informatics job that's where i come in and say you know what i'll take care of that for you continue focusing on the emr let me run with this and it allows those teams to start focusing on what they need to focus on and i can come in and help troubleshoot and then it, during those troubleshooting processes you find hey there's opportunities here to um need we need to upgrade equipment maybe there's an area where wifi is dropping so you get with the network teaming and you say um something's out maybe a uh, something in um an access point is is dropping. So now you're doing some of the work and troubleshooting of the other areas bringing that value in. So they're like, "Oh, you're not here to take this part, you're going to help me." And now I start having them going, "Hey, can you handle this? Can you work with this team?" So it really becomes a partnership and there the threatening portion is gone. Um imaging, we're working with a full enterprise imaging assessment closely with the imaging team in the radiology department to make a 3-5 year plan for growth and an expansion um research in the same way so um all of those are there to help them and now then internally they see oh you're going to take some work off my shoulders and and help me out and you're going to help me burden it and absolutely and then they really see the partnership so it comes into play Well, I think there is a very important point, isn't it, Michael? That we are here to serve the business partners, every business partner, and as long as we are able to make them impactful, we reduce their work, giving them more time to think through it. You are making the life a lot more easier, and that becomes exactly. that you have a trust developed, and they develop an inclination of how much you add value to that whole engagement and relationship. My last final question would be: um, So, do you? Are you confident that the BRMs are going to be in demand, particularly in health care and uh, clinical um, trials and clinical systems 
uh, going forward, do you see that there is a lot more opportunities where PRMs can become strategic partners? What would you um, advise for healthcare practitioners in terms of their role and opportunities within the BRM uh, space? Absolutely. BRMs are here and, and they're definitely needed. Healthcare, we all know, is, is expensive and, and it costs a lot to run a healthcare business, right? And you need to seek those opportunities. You need to plan ahead where you're going to put your resources. And that's where the BRM comes in. Understanding the clinical nature of the world and the environment. And then how can I improve that? You know, with technology and um, uh, resources, you know, there's, there's things out there right now that are really exciting. You're talking about Alexa. Everyone has an Alexa or something in their household, right? Hospital systems are now looking at using voice recognition software to page your nurse or turn the channel or something. So you have patients who can't remove, but they can still speak. So you have that happening. You have, um, like I mentioned, with the imaging department, things are changing rapidly. So what new software can we bring in that will help those um, department areas in research in, in Moffitt, like I said, we have a huge research area. So you have to constantly stay on top of that technology and doing so means what's the latest out there. That's where the BRMs are going to come in, allow the teams to focus on their healthcare and that BRM can help plan and say, you know what, let's bring this. This is a, a new innovative idea. It will actually help us and reduce our costs internally. Excellent. Um, and it's great talking to you, Michael, and I'm hats off to your leadership team at uh, Moffitt Cancer Center who are doing a pioneering work with the BRM office and your leadership team. And thank you so much for sharing insights because a lot of people around the world, particularly healthcare, are looking out for that pearls of wisdom. And you have uh, over three decades of experience and, and your passion towards looking at BRM as the go-forward person. Uh, is very encouraging. And I, 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 I hope our viewers would have uh, gained a lot of insights today. And I can't thank you enough for your time today and sharing your valuable insights. And we hope we can connect one day um, in, uh, in your own place and uh, have a, you know, a, a great time together because at the end of the day, it's all about face-to-face -face relationships. So I'm looking forward to meeting you one time uh, sooner Absolutely. or later. Right? Absolutely. It, it has been a pleasure to be on here. And thank you very much for the opportunity to, to share and experience this. Appreciate it very much, Rich. Thank you so much. So that's a wrap. Uh, thanks, everyone. And uh, for joining us for this episode number 10 with Michael. Some great nuggets of wisdom from a real-world BRM practitioner. I hope you enjoyed. And we hope to see you again in the next edition of BRM Brownback. Until then, stay safe and signing off. Uh, from you, Suresh GP. Thank you so much.